HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This is Severin. Today is a, is a big day, the new year. I hear there's a blizzard out there in New York, and I'm on the phone with BR, who's um, my close neighbor and ally in the young farmer world. And, um, and BR, what's the weather? Is it snowing yet? Not yet. They're, they closed school early here in the town of Red Hook in New York, because yeah, it's supposed to, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be quite as bad as some people fear. Golly, what weenies. Yeah. But snow removal is expensive, so maybe they're just saving everybody a lot of time and hassle. Yeah, maybe that's it. Um, would you mind just giving your little um, intro of, of what you are and what you do and, and, and your farm and, um, and, and, and et cetera, just like your normal one? Well, my farm is Hardy Roots Community Farm, and it's a vegetable CSA farm uh, in the town of Red Hook in New York, in the Hudson River Valley, about 90 miles north of New York City. And we do CSA for around about 475 uh, shares a week in our community up here in the Hudson Valley and down in New York City in three neighborhoods. Um, and I also spend a lot of time working on National Young Farmers Coalition, um, trying to build a uh, you know, movement of young farmers around the country who are working together to make policy reform and to help each other get better connected and networked and also to um, specifically, I've been working a lot on trying to figure out how we can be sharing um, ideas and tools and inventions and technical skills um, through a project called FarmHack. FarmHack.net and there's a lot of other good things. Technical skills are awesome. Um, can we tell the people about Farm Show? Yeah, Farm Show is um, this really great magazine that's been out for a long time where farmers, a lot, a lot of um, more conventional farmers um, can highlight their inventions from their farm workshops and, and take pictures of them. And it gets sent around, and they make books about it and things like that. Um, and uh, a lot of those projects are a little more focused on bigger scale farms than a lot of young folks are running these days. Um, and some of them are more kind of hobby inventions, you know, trying to weld together multiple Alice Chalmers tractor frames to make stretch tractors and things like that. Well, and more, uh, um, but you know what I just also is that they, you can subscribe to Farm Show and it's a map. I just think we really need to make sure we keep it alive. So I want everybody to subscribe to it. 
Um, it's a, it comes monthly as a little newspaper, just full of great ideas. And you can go to farmshow.com. Well, actually, I don't know the website. But if you Google Farm Show, you'll find it, and you can subscribe. But Farm Hack is slightly different. Tell everybody about Farm Hack, BR. Yeah, well, Farm Hack is, um, you know, it's coming from the same uh, place of farmers wanting to share their ideas and learn from other farmers. And I know that when I go and visit other people's farms, there's always some invention or idea or technique that I see there that, I bring back and influences something about my farm, um, and so it kind of makes me wish that I could visit everyone's farm, and I can't, so um, we wanted to come up with ways that people could kind of get that experience of visiting farms um, in a little bit more of a, you know, approachable um, way, and so we're doing an online blog at farmhack.net for that, and um, trying to come up with some other uh, ways to share as well. And one of them um, that uh, Severin and the Greenhorns has been um, working on with us a lot is um, a event that we're going to be hosting in uh, Massachusetts in early March, where we're going to be going to. Okay, so now let's talk about let's talk about the Hudson Valley and what's going on near you because you're kind of one of the old dogs in the valley now. There's like more and more people coming up here and farming. And what changed? Um, well, we're seeing a lot of um, we're seeing new farms pop up here in the Hudson Valley, and you know what's changed is that there's a lot of you know more market for it even than when I just started about uh, seven years ago here in the Hudson Valley. There's a lot more CSAs sites that have popped up, a lot more farmers markets, um, but unfortunately, it hasn't become much easier to get a hold of land. Land prices are still really high here. And so we're seeing a lot of the young people renting land or trying to come up with other schemes to be on land. But um, we're seeing that we haven't really figured out the best ways to get young people permanently. So you're basically saying that the marketplace keeps extending, more and more entrepreneurs are arriving, and yet the kind of conditions or the... um, Let's see, what do we call it? The climate for new businesses um, that are land-based businesses is not changing um, along with the other rhythms, and there's a lagging a lagging land access issue. Yeah, we've been doing a really good job of putting some pieces of the puzzle in place. You know, the demand for the food is there. The enthusiasm from young people who want to be farming is there. But, there, you know, there are these obstacles that we really have to um, kind of crack down and, and deal with, like land access, um, some of the, you know, technical and training issues. And, and uh, if, you know, if we can't put all the pieces together, then it's not going to work. So we really have to do some hard work on that stuff. Um, I remember when we were in, um, in, in I, took, I took ecology classes in college, and there was all these illustrations that must have been left over from the 1940s or 50s that were talking about soil nutrients and explaining the fact that if you have nitrogen and you have phosphorus, um, you know, that's, that's all very well and good, but if you don't have potassium and all the uh, micronutrients available, then the plants just won't grow. And obviously that's a very simplistic narrative, um, and, you know, a lot of plant science did get kind of simplistic, I think, during the times of chemical agriculture. But nonetheless... Um, there is a kind of simplistic formula at the bottom of, of a successful agricultural operation, and it does require a certain set of ingredients. Um, maybe yeah, you I could think... tell us a little bit about your own personal narrative 
um, in farming and, and, and what you've succeeded at and what you're still struggling with. Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've found a great success in, in running a CSA farm and, and um, you know, getting support from my community in terms of joining as members and things like that. Um, and I'm, I've, you know, put, put my full heart and soul into, into this project. But one thing that I've noticed is that, you know, it's not, that's not the only, that's not all you need. You don't just need the um, people who are going to buy the food, and you don't just need the farmer. You need all kinds of allies in other places. So, you know, you need the land trust to be on board with prioritizing uh, getting farmers on land. And you need to be reaching out to different potential allies, like um, what we're doing with FarmHack um, with this event at MIT. We're trying to connect with uh, MIT engineering students and get them into the same room as young farmers to invent things together. Um, so we have to be, you know, including all kinds of allies who maybe normally you wouldn't first think would be um, connected in with the farming movement. So in a sense, the human capital um, has become almost more important than the institutional or um, the institution, or maybe not more important, but somehow easier for us to approach with uh, innovation and technology, but some of the kind of hard hardware issues are harder for us? Yeah, you know, I, I think that there, in terms of the institutions that are out there, you know, the USDA programs and the Cornell University land-grant, other, other land-grant um, institutions, you know, they have a, a really big role to play, but, um, you know, they're, they're, they've been at it for decades and things haven't been improving as much as they need to, so we all need to be working harder with them to make this happen because it's not just going to happen if we rely on the, you know, major institutional players because it, it's not working. We're getting fewer and fewer young farmers instead of, um, you know, and more and more 75-year and older farmers. And what's your farm situation? Well, uh, my farm is doing great. It's, it's a really successful business. It, you know, it's profitable and healthy for the land and all that, but it doesn't have permanent farmland right now. And so in the long term, it's at risk um, because we just we don't have a permanent uh, place. We're in a five-year lease. So that's been our biggest struggle as a farm is how do we address that and whether it's by coming up with some kind of really long-term lease with a willing landowner or by purchasing land, um, which is only viable in this area if we get um, help from a land trust to help uh, bring down but the But you do pay your employees a health benefit. Yeah, and you know we've we've been we've been trying to be a great you know responsible uh, member of the community in lots of ways, and yeah, we make sure we are uh, offering health care to our employees because working on a farm. Well, and you know, um, Tom Stearns is always bragging about the fact that there's 300 um, sustainable agriculture jobs in the town of Hardwick, and you know that's a lot of jobs for a small town. And I think, particularly with this mining issue coming in um, rural, rural New York and, and Pennsylvania with the hydro fracking, you know, the kind of the kind of economic logic of the frackers is, well, you know, this land is only really um, valuable for real estate development and and fracking, and that and that the older industries of farming and forestry are no longer relevant, but I would um, I would contend that that is far from the case. Yeah, you know, on, on the land that we farm, we farm about 25 acres of uh, organic vegetables, and um, the land that we're farming right now where we have about, you know, nine people employed in the summertime, um, 
before we were farming vegetables on it, it was just a hay field that was, you know, creating the equivalent of much less than one job. Um, and so when you do a lot of this, you know, intensive uh, farming, bringing back kind of local growing of, of food and, and fiber, you can really create a lot of economic benefits. And I think there's, we as a young farmer movement need to do a really great job of kind of um, putting that vision out there and, and making people understand how many benefits there really are to this type of, of development. So you talked about MIT. What else do we want to announce, if anybody is listening who's local? Well, yeah, so we're doing the MIT event. We, we don't have, a, I don't think, a definite date, but it's going to be early March, and you can check farmhack.net for more about it. And we're also, Young Farmers Coalition is um, co-sponsoring a gathering for young farmers in western Massachusetts in the Pioneer Valley, and that's going to be on Saturday, February 19th, I believe, and you can sign up to participate in that, which is free at youngfarmers.org. Um, and you should also go out to the farmhack.net website and look at those posts and figure out if you or your neighbor or someone else nearby has an interesting invention that should be profiled on there and get in touch with us at FarmHack so that we can put that posting up. Or even if you don't have that, then comment on some of the um, ideas you see there and talk about how to make them better or how they might fit in in your farm or a different farm. Um, and we're still working with the Young Farmer Coalition on trying to develop good public policy um, assessment of the current policies that are out there for young farmers and of ideas that we have for policies that don't exist right now and that we want to see to help build the young farmer movement and make it uh, thrive. So we're working on that. Yeah, that, um, that reminds me of two things. Number one, um, Greenhorns is out our sovereign. I am sovereign. And I also am representing Greenhorns out in the West Coast this right now. Um, and we're doing a, um, a publication with Farm Credit, which is a kind of like a loaner to farms. And not necessarily because it makes sense to all uh, beginning farmers to take out loans, um, but mostly to, um, to discuss and describe the various tax, um, tax code advantages that come from registering as a farm. Um, with your taxes, and many of us, because we are quite allergic to capitalism in general and, um, you know, bookkeeping in specific, um, at least at the beginning of our farm careers, we learned that we need to um, become proficient in, in the business aspects of agriculture, and, and some of that includes knowing when it makes sense to use credit and, and definitely when it makes sense to, um, you know, take advantage of tax holes that have been... Not tax holes. What are they called? Uh, tax advantages uh, that are that have been that have been designed specifically to help um, farmers stay in business. So that's been a kind of literacy project that we're 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 taking on. It's a, it's going to take the form of a publication. So that was one thing I remembered. The other thing I wanted to say was Ben. Um, ben goes as Br and as Ben. Um, who should if, if we have people who are listening who live in New York City and who are not young farmers themselves? Um, but they may know um, other people who should be at our Young Farmer meeting in the Pioneer Valley. What other um, stakeholders, aside from, um, you know, land conservancies and land trusts and, you know, wealthy people who have land, those are good stakeholders to include. But who else should um, be joining the conversation with young farmers um, that's about to happen there in, in February? 
Well, I think one is um, just students, you know, both like high school students and especially university students, um, for a couple of reasons. One is that they have skills that they're developing, whether it's, you know, they're studying agriculture or engineering or architecture or whatever. Um, you know, let's, let's take advantage of students who are doing work on thesis, you know, doing thesis research and things like that and figure out ways to make it uh, further, you know, our, our needs and goals as a young farmer movement. You know, let's, let's do some research on the economic uh, potential for CSA um, in our regions and things like that. Um, and uh, also, you know, students through projects like the Real Food Challenge, which is an, a nonprofit campaign to help universities spend more of their food budgets on local food and sustainably grown food. Those are really great ways to get involved um, for students, or and not just students, but other professionals. You know, at um, the NOFA New York conference that, that I was at this last week, the Organic Farming Association of New York, uh, I was sitting next to a guy who's an engineer in Ithaca and uh, talking to him about how he and I might collaborate on um, figuring out a the engineering plans for a greenhouse to make sure it would uh, be really structural, but also try and build it as cheap as possible, and then put out that plan on the FarmHack website so other farmers could follow it. Um, so, you know, whereas it, it might be really hard for me to, and every other farmer to hire a professional engineer to design each greenhouse, if a few of us can work together with someone who's an ally, um, who has that engineering skill, and then can kind of put that information out there in an open source kind of way, then we can have a lot of advantages throughout the whole community. Well, this open source collaboration is totally thrilling. And um, I just wanted to not forget, I mean, I guess I should have him on the radio, but there's a really crazy, wonderful engineer guy that we've just been talking with. His name is Martin. He's Polish. He's a... Uh, open source DIY engineering guy and his um, project has been profiled on FarmHack. Um, it's called Open Source Farm Ecology and he makes these like DIY tractor kits. You can get the kit, or not the kit, but the designs on his wiki page and, and basically build your own tractor for much cheaper than it would cost to buy a new one. Unfortunately, it's still cheaper and more practical um, to buy a tractor that is, um, you know, old and, and somebody's house or somebody's barn. Um, but, you know, when the young farmer density reaches a certain point, there won't be quite as much junk farm equipment hanging around, and we'll have to get a little more creative. So we may as well prepare for that sooner rather than later. Yeah, I um, You made that. your I'm announcements. Mm-hmm. I made my announcements. PASA is coming up. NOFA New York just happened. We have NOFA New Jersey that Lindsay's attending next weekend. Uh, NOFA Vermont, we're doing a screening in downtown Burlington of the Greenhorns. Uh, NOFA Connecticut is coming up also. So, you know, this is the time, everybody, if you don't have a farm job yet, you better get busy. There's a lot of farm jobs um, advertised up on Greenhorns blogs. So, yep, yep, yep. Anything else, BR? Um, also, the, the Young Farmers Coalition is looking for a couple of different intern positions, and so you can look at youngfarmers.org for that. And also, uh, Pete from Pete's Greens Farm in Vermont just had a terrible fire on their farm, and they're trying to raise money to help uh, make up for that tragedy. So people can go to Pete's Greens website and help with that. Yeah, Pete is an amazing farmer, and he suffered a horrible barn fire. It burned all the way to the ground. Um, 
and I'm sure he needs moral support as well as financial support. So if anyone's in Vermont, um, you know, to send him to send him some fan mail might be a good idea. Also, sometimes sometimes that helps people when they're having a hard time to send them a care package. Uh, okay, well, thank you so much, PR, and, and I look forward to seeing you again soon, and I look forward to talking with all you Greenhorn audience people soon, and I thank you, Hearst Ranch, for your sponsorship of this radio program. Bye-bye. No more. Yeah.